Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this interview is with Chuck Corson. Chuck began working for the Disney Studios in 1956, but in 1959 he began working with live entertainment at Disneyland. Eventually, he would become the director of entertainment for both Disneyland and Walt Disney World simultaneously. He was responsible for a number of live entertainment traditions that continue at the parks today, such as assembling the very first Dapper Dan's Barbershop Quartet. He also brought in many of the big-name big bands to perform at Disneyland, including Benny Goodman, the first big-name band leader to appear at the park. Although the leaders of the great big bands of the past are gone, the big band music can still be heard at the Disney parks around the world. This conversation from 2011 begins with Chuck's story just before he started working at Disney. Here's Chuck Corson. So you were with Entertainment and Music before you were at Disney. And yeah. It says here you were with the uh, Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. Yes. You were a stage manager? Yeah, have you Did ever you heard of them? Oh, sure. I love oh, yeah. big bands. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I was a production stage manager for that group. Uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a wild time. We toured all over, and, wow. and it was it was great because it was at that time just a number one organization. We toured with forty people, chorus and orchestra. Oh wow! Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, he was a big they choral were man. Big. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, they were big a, bands. <laughs> yes, yes. So how did Benny Goodman happen? You were going to tell me about that one. Well, uh, uh, I'll go back before that. Okay. When I was in casting at the studio. They uh, were putting together a a Disney night at the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, I got drafted to do the lighting because I had the theatrical experience from wearing and uh, of lighting. And and, and also I studied theater in college. So I I did that at, uh, it was just one night out at the Hollywood Bowl. In fact, that's where Tinkerbell was born. And that, of course, carried over when we started the fireworks and things at yeah. uh, Disneyland. A uh, 74-year-old circus, ex-circus performer. Tiny Klein? Tiny Klein, yeah. yes. Who used to ride the bus out from Hollywood every day for that for Did that you? one shot. Oh, my. That's where I met Tommy Walker. Oh. He okay. directed the show. So you were not working with Disney yet? No, not oh, okay. with, with, at the studio. Right. In Cassie, but oh, not okay. at Disneyland. Okay. okay. No, oh, I didn't okay. know anything about Disney, okay. really. That was in So 50s. you met Tommy Walker at the Hollywood Bowl? At the Hollywood huh. Bowl. He did that show. And he kept saying, you know, do you want to get back into live entertainment? I said, live entertainment is, is, and I was a little bit disenchanted with the movie industry by that time. And yeah, I, I had a longing for live entertainment and getting back with the performers and people like that. However, the studio was fun. I was, did work with the uh, Mickey Mouse Club and the, did you? And the Zorro series. Really? And El Fago Baca. And what did you, like on the Mickey Mouse Club, what did you do? Oh, I brought in some of the guest stars that did they you? had on that show and became good friends with Jimmy Dodd and oh. uh, Roy Williams and all those people. What was Jimmy Dodd like in real life? Wonderful. Really? Just as sparkling and, really, you know, friendly as he could be. And he passed away, of course. Yeah. I went to his funeral and I was at the studio. Oh. And let's see. All right, back to uh, so Tommy Walker at the, to the Hollywood, Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. And that's where we first met. And he said, <clears throat> I think we should be doing more entertainment out of Disneyland. Because we hadn't really, they hadn't really gotten into it yet. Right. So I went, that's how I got to Disneyland. Huh. And uh, we created, as it says, a whole program for nighttime entertainment. That's when the park used to close at 6 o'clock. Right. 
and everybody said, oh, it's a family park, you know, uh, nobody's going to, they're not going to come out at night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got to get home and eat, eat supper. <laughs> and it was, uh, and they really were worried about security problems after dark. Oh, really? And uh, the park lighting would have to be improved because there wasn't really any big lighting program. You know, it was a daytime operation like, yeah. like amusement parks. Right. So that we we promoted all that. You got the you got the nighttime thing going, and that's led to fireworks. I remember we took Walt out into the parking lot one night when the park was closed and shot the first fireworks show really? over the Magic Kingdom, and uh, and he loved it. And uh, then in '59, as you know, the, the Matterhorn and the submarine ride mm -hmm. opened. Right. So that was the idea was to put fireworks up in the sky uh, behind, and that's and then tiny, you know did the Tinkerbell bit where she lit the fire from the top of the Matterhorn over into uh, Frontierland. Well, anyway, that, that led into the nighttime program and all the big bands. And date night? Yes, that, date yeah. night and uh, and the big band, pro the Dixieland at Disneyland. I don't right. know if you heard about oh, that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I booked all those. Oh, did you? Yeah. With wow. Louis, baby, uh, yeah. Louis headed it and uh, headlined every year. Except yeah, Louis Armstrong. He passed away just before one of the Dixieland uh, oh. events. And I got my good friends Al Hurt and Pete Fountain to come in and, oh, wow. and sub. So we had dual headliners that year in place of Louis. But all those programs, the uh, Candlelight Processional, mm -hmm. you know, which was a nighttime thing with all the big name stars. Yeah. We, we, you know, you couldn't have done that in the daytime. So anyway, we had always talked about big bands. And I was able to find a guy that I knew from New York who was booking Benny Goodman. So everybody said, "Oh, you'll never get Benny, Benny Goodman." He was he was the last of the big kings. Yeah. You know? But we did. We got him for a week. <laughs> wow. And uh, he was a problem. Oh, really? <laughs> He's very, very temperamental. Really. And uh, he had he picked up local musicians. Oh. And he had a new drummer every night. No kidding. He couldn't stand the drummers. Oh gosh. He couldn't find a drummer that, that he liked. Oh wow. So he kept changing the drummers. And the Elliott brothers booked those bands because they knew all the studio oh, musicians. Okay. So they had the very best, you know, the cream of the crop, the best right. musicians in town. And uh, well, anyway, that that was one story about the, the drummers. Yeah. But the the funny story about Benny Goodman is, he got to be a good friend. Really. And uh, his wife was coming out from New York to visit while he was there. Mm -hmm. And those were the days when they brought people in from LAX and landed the helicopters in the Disneyland parking lot. Really? Yes, they oh, had wow. a they had a park a helicopter space there. Huh. And that was the shuttle back and forth LAX. Huh. So she was coming on that helicopter and going to land in the parking lot. So we talked Benny into putting on a uh, a Disneyland band uniform. <laughs> and we took the Disneyland marching band out to the parking lot to the helicopter pad and you know he had the cap on and yeah. everything <laughs> and she got off the helicopter and uh, he started you know conducting and, and the band was oh, playing wow. and she didn't recognize him at all she walked right by oh no she didn't. oh gosh and all that had, yeah he had to turn around and yell at her so that <laughs> so he had a sense of humor after all oh that's great so that was Benny when, when he performed there that first time was he uh, in Tomorrowland? Yes, I think he was. Maybe that was 20,000 Leagues. We oh. had a stage there, and the bands, a lot of the big bands used to perform there. It was a big oh. and big area. I think all the big bands were at Plaza Gardens. Oh, okay. Or uh, in the 20,000 Leagues area. Plaza Gardens where the Elliott Brothers okay. performed every night. How did you get your initial start with Disney? 
Uh, I was with Waring, and uh, I really wanted to get into television. That was my, my goal at that time. So I interviewed with uh, all the networks and finally was promised a job by CBS in California. Huh. Well, that appealed to me. Sure. Uh, I liked California. So I moved out, and as soon as I got out there, the job was canceled. It was at a time when production was centered around California, but they switched. New York was screaming and yelling so loud, they moved the center of production back to New York. So I wasn't going to go, go back to New York. So here you are. And yeah, here I am stranded in California. <laughs> started looking around for jobs, and I uh, interviewed at various studios and places like that. And I had the Disney interview, and Ken Sealing, I remember that name now, was the head of uh, personnel and a big fan of Fred Waring's. Oh, And he, nice. <laughs> he overheard the interview that I had and said, geez, Fred Waring, maybe we can use you somewhere. Well, it happened the casting department was looking for an apprentice. So uh, I got the job as an apprentice in the casting department. And casting being the whole the company? Studio. No, the whole, just the, the studio. studio. Just okay. the studio. I started oh. out mainly with the SCG, the Extra Guild, and I handled all the extras at the studio. Okay. And then gradually some bit players, okay. you know, for Zorro and, uh, and uh, Light in the Forest and uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People and, and all wow. those things. But I was only there three years, like I said, and Tommy came into my life and I... So you were there Disneyland. until the Hollywood Bowl? Yes. And I got out to Disneyland in 59. Okay. So that's, that's what we, And that's why I said we started putting nighttime ideas to work right. and, and selling it. Because it was a tough sell. But Walt was always kind of interested. So we yeah. always had him on the side of entertainment. We didn't have the POC, which is the Park Operating Committee. Oh, really? Side. Oh, we had they to... didn't want that. No, we had to convince them... But, you know, they weren't really showbiz people. They were operational yeah. people. Yeah. Did you work with Walt at all? Yeah, I had yeah. some contact with Walt. What was it like for you? Fantastic. I had probably the best showbiz career of anybody could, anybody could have working for two master showmen. Yeah. One was Fred Waring, yeah. who was an absolute master showman, and Walt. Wow. Uh, I first met Walt, well, not first met him, but the first time we had a one-on-one, -on -one, was at the Squaw Valley Olympics in 1960. Okay. And I had the good fortune of living in the Disney house uh, for the Olympics. And what is that? You mean a house that was just for the Disney employees? Just for, no, it wasn't even all the employees. Oh. It was just a few hand-picked people. And, uh, and huh. Walt and Lily really? lived there, of course. Uh, but Art Linkletter and his wife were living in that house. Uh, Tony Curtis and uh, uh, Janet Lee. Oh, Janet Lee. Wow. Yeah, and we all had breakfast together really? every morning. <laughs> yeah, oh. so it was it was wild. I was I wasn't that old, and it was, yeah. it was it was fantastic. What was Disney's involvement with the Olympics? He produced the uh, pageantry, oh, opening okay. and closing ceremonies and the victory oh. ceremony, uh, and I was assi assistant director of pageantry and narrator. Okay. In fact, I did three Olympics. I was assistant director of pageantry and narrator. For Squaw Valley, for Lake Placid, and for the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. But that, that was right after Disney, of course. Yeah. So Walt, you were telling me Yeah, okay. Walt. So the first time I really had any time to spend with him was at the Olympics because his driver didn't show up. It had a bad snowstorm oh. one morning. And he said, 
you. Come on. You can drive me. Oh, did you? Yeah, you, you can drive me down there. <laughs> so we had a little uh, uh, French car who was the official sponsor there. It was just a little car. So okay, I'll drive. I'll drive you down to the arena or wherever it was. And my God, the roads were icy and they were terrible. And we ran into a snow snowdrift. Really? Just couldn't move in a big snowdrift. And he laughed his head off. Really? It was funny to him. He just had fun. Yeah. So wow. we just sat there and waited until somebody came and got him. But that wow. was the first time. So you were stranded with Walt. <laughs> yes. Yes. The two of us wow. in that car. Then uh, we had some other uh, opportunities to get together. We met at breakfast, uh, I don't know, two or three times, just Walt and I, uh, on an early Sunday morning. He would call me on a Saturday afternoon, and, uh, and this is when I was doing all the entertainment, and said, uh, if you're free tomorrow morning, why come and have breakfast with me? And that's when I really got into the name entertainment thing, because I said, I'd like to try some, some big names. Okay. You know, and he thought, well, <clears throat> I said, I think we can really develop a nighttime audience and build that up. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, he says, well, yeah, all right, let's try it. He said, have you ever heard of a group called the King Family? And I said, yeah. He says, well, I, they got a television show that I think is right down our alley. They'd be great if you could book them. So that led to, you know, Peggy Lee and, uh, and uh, Johnny Mathis and all of that, and also big bands, you know, I put right. Buddy Rich together with Sarah Vaughan and, uh, and uh, Mel Torme, and, you know, yeah. so we, we, we did the whole gamut of, of big names. Uh, so Walt really wanted that. Yeah, he, well, he, you know, and some funny stories, not funny, but they were interesting. He called me, I had Harry James over 20,000 leagues. And he called me one Saturday afternoon and said, is Harry still playing? And I said, yeah. He says, I'd like to meet him. I've never met him. And you know, he was an old circus performer. Oh. And Walt loved circuses. Oh, okay. You know, he, he had that small town thing. Yeah. He loved circuses. And I said, okay, great. Well, I met, or I took Walt over Saturday night to meet with Harry during one of the breaks. Yeah. Well, they talked all night long about circus days. Oh, how funny. Harry's dad uh, was a conductor of a circus band. Okay. And Harry played trumpet in the, in the circus band. Wow. So they went on and on about circus days. Oh, wow. Then another time, that's when he was married to Betty Grable, mm -hmm. he brought uh, Betty out. And Betty came up to me one time and said, I, you know, I've never met Walt Disney. Is it, would it be possible to get him over here? So, so I did. Oh, and Walt wow. says, I've never met Betty Rachel. Oh, how funny. So they got together. Oh, they did great. the same thing with Louis Belson's big band and yeah, Pearl, Pearl Bailey. Bailey. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Pearl had never met him. She wanted to. So those are, those are times when I got to, got to know Walt. Yeah. Do you have any personal mem favorite memories from your Disneyland days? Yeah, I, I have a few. We had uh, what we used to call big band festivals. Yeah. On a weekend, uh, and we'd bring together several big bands, all at the same time, okay. and put them on various stages oh, all around, okay. all around the park. And I will never forget. I had uh, Count Basie and Duke Ellington there on the same weekend, and uh, Wayne King. You probably don't remember uh, Vaughn Monroe, oh, Les Brown, all these on this. And the biggest thrill to me and to them was we'd get together for a luncheon mm -hmm. uh, on, on a Friday 
and all the band directors were there. Well, it, it was great fun because these guys don't see each other that much. Yeah. You know? Sure. And it was Sammy Kay. You know? Oh, yeah. All these wow. guys had so much fun gibbering and talking and, and hashing over the old days at the Paramount. And, uh, you know, and I was at lunch. I had Count Basie on one side of me and, uh, and Duke Ellington sitting on the other. Can you imagine? No, I love the Well, big I'm bands. a small town kid from Minnesota and uh, <laughs> grew up in the 40s and 50s, and my God, two of my favorite I can't here. even imagine. So, yeah, I have, I have memories of things like yeah. that. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.